it is good to sing God's praises together again. It is very good indeed. Now it's some preaching time. So let's start off with a little scripture story from the book of Acts. Again, they were waiting there for a while. This group of people, and they were praying. They were saying a lot of them were locked away from other people. Then something happened, and it changed everything forever. This is Acts 2, verses 1 through 21. When Pentecost Day arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound from heaven like the howling of a fierce wind filled the entire house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be individual flames of fire alighting on each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were pious Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. When they heard this sound, a crowd gathered. They were mystified because everyone heard them speaking in their native languages. They were surprised and amazed, saying, look, aren't all the people who are speaking Galileans, every one of them? How then can each of us hear them speaking in our native languages? Parthians, Medes, and the Elamites, as well as residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia, and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the regions of Libya bordering Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism. Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the mighty works of God in our own languages. They were all surprised and bewildered. Some asked each other, what does this mean? And others jeered at them, saying, they are full of new wine, otherwise they're drunk. So Peter stood with the other 11 apostles. He raised his voice and declared, Judeans and everyone living in Jerusalem know this. Listen carefully to my words. These people aren't drunk, as you suspect. After all, it's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Rather, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young will see visions. Your elders will dream dreams. Even upon my servants, men and women, I will pour out my spirit on those days, and they will prophesy. I will cause wonders to occur in the heavens above and signs on the earth below blood and fire in a cloud of smoke. The sun will be changed into darkness and the moon will be changed into blood before the great and spectacular day of the Lord comes. And everyone 
who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. It's the word of God for the people of God, and we say together, thanks be to God. Will you please pray with me and for me. Holy Spirit, you have come. Holy Spirit, pour out on all of us here. And Holy Spirit, pour out even on me to speak all that you would have me speak. Amen. If there was an anthem for Pentecost, Steppenwolf's Born to be wild would be a good choice. Now I'm guessing, even for those of you who were around in 1969 when it came out, you could use a refresher course on the song. So here you go, and if you do know it, sing along. Get your motor running. Head out on the highway. Looking for adventure. Whatever comes our way, yeah, darling, gonna make it happen. Take the world in a love embrace. Fire all your guns at once and explode into space. I like smoking lightning, heavy metal thunder, racing with the wind and the feeling that I'm under. Like a true nature's child, we were born to be wild. We can climb so high, never want to die. And then they hit up those like high and low notes, saying we're born to be wild. There you go. Thank you, Alex. That's amen right there. I love it. Friends, the church was born to be wild. Because we serve a wild God. And when we try to tame that wild God with just a go through the motions type of spirituality, the church loses its witness in the world. So what do I mean about taming God? What does it look like when we try to tame God in the church? Well, it may look like when church is just a thing we do instead of our continued journey of following Jesus. Taming God may look like when the church is the place that we just pay dues for our social life. Now, God wants us to have friends in church. And we should be friends, and we should keep growing together in a social aspect. But if that's all church is, we're missing something. Taming God may look like that the church is all about our preferences. That worship really isn't worship unless we're doing it a certain way. Taming God may look like when our traditions are just what we do. 
instead of time-tested ways of how we meet and experience a still living and breathing God. We're a Methodist church here. Traditions are part of who we are, important parts. But traditionalism, just doing things because that's what we do. Friends, that's how we lose our Pentecost power. Taming God may look like when church is just something we do instead of something that forms who we are. Let's say that again. Taming God can look like when church is just something we do instead of something that forms who we are. So friends, here's what I'm trying to say. Pentecost ain't normal. Pentecost doesn't exist for us to go back to normal. Those thousands of years ago, it wasn't normal back then. They thought they were drunk at 9 a.m. in the morning and Jimmy Buffett hadn't written his song about 5 o'clock somewhere yet. <laughs> it wasn't normal back then, it's not normal today. Pentecost isn't a sign for our church that we're going back to normal. Pentecost is about going forward. Pentecost is the beginning of a new movement that speaks in new ways for the purpose of loving new people. Pentecost is open to new things that in new ways for the purpose of loving new people. That means we open ourselves up to be surprised by God. Because when we let go of our preferences of what we think the church is supposed to look like, suddenly we become open to the church that God may be calling us to form. Now that means we're going to be, that God is going to lead us outside our comfort zones. Now God is always here to comfort us. But that doesn't mean we're called to be comfortable. There's a difference between needing comfort from God and saying, God, I just want to be comfortable. In the words of Professor Chris Green, who wrote this in an article from Christianity Today, one of the uh, most popular Christian magazines, he wrote this last year. Pentecost teaches us that we must hold high expectations for God. Pentecost teaches us to hold high expectations for God to work in the world along with, in other words, God's not doing this alone, along with a deep sense of personal, each one of us, and communal, all of us together, personal and communal responsibility. Pentecost teaches us not to fear the new, or idolize the familiar, and that the divine power of Pentecost is the love revealed in the cross. These are all the truths the church needs in the current crisis.
and Grace United Methodist Church. Here, online, even if you're watching us for the first time, you're a part of us. Got some good news for you. You've done this before. We have done new things before. It's in your spiritual DNA. The same spirit that led you to put that first shovel in the ground right over there somewhere more than 40 years ago, that same spirit is still here now. Now, when you put that shovel on the ground, you didn't know what was going to happen. You didn't, didn't know if this was going to work. Well, guess what? The apostles, when they were getting out there to start talking to people, they didn't know what was going to happen either. They weren't really in full control of what was next for them. But they did it anyway. And so did you. You did it. And so did the apostles because they have good news to share. We have good news to share. The apostles had experienced something new in their lives and knew that it wasn't something to keep to themselves. God is asking us to do that again. Grace, remember who you are. You have started a new church before. Now, we're not building a church for 1979 anymore. We're building a church for 2021 that has just experienced the greatest global health crisis in our lifetime. Make no mistake, what has happened in the world for these past 15 months we are changed people living in a changed world. And we all need a fresh, a new pouring out of the Spirit. The world isn't the same as it was 15 months ago. And that means the world needs a new church. So we're not going back to normal. We're moving forward. Let's move forward, not just with worship service where we go through the motions, but an expectation that we can actually meet the living God there. Let's move forward with a new and renewed desire for deeper relationships that don't give into the temptation for just something superficial. Let's move forward to be a place where people who have been isolated for the past 15 months can find connection with God and with people. Let's move forward to do life together. Let's find relationships that can extend past just one hour per Sunday morning inside this building. So in the coming months, we're moving forward with things like small groups, 
which is our heritage as Methodists, meaning we have done this before. This is who we are. We're people who do life together and who help a broken world heal together. Because here's the thing about Pentecost. It's not about each of us individually getting the Spirit poured out. This isn't an isolated pouring out. Now, I spent a few years in Kentucky, so I'm going back to Kentucky on y'all. And the Spirit, according to this, it's not poured out on you and me. It's poured out on y'all. God's Spirit does more than just work on one individual at a time. Now, my individual experiences matter. Your individual experiences matter. Each individual person matters. But we don't stop there. It's a spirit that continues to be poured out, and that's what we have to lean into to truly be a new church. We need a continued pouring, a fresh pouring, renewing our minds, opening ourselves up to new experiences to new ways of interacting with the still living and breathing God. Because a living God, a living being, isn't static. God doesn't just do the same thing over and over and over again and call it quits. Our God is a creative God. And God created us, <coughs> God created us, as creative beings. And friends, we do that best when we do it together. <coughs> now maybe this sounds a little too risky for your taste. Maybe you just really want to go back to normal. You want your normal back. You're probably not alone. But here's the truth about our spiritual lives. Faith and risk go together, hand in hand. Just look at the ministry of Jesus. Those who show the most faith are those who take the biggest risk. The woman at the well took a risk. The woman who reaches out to Jesus to just get a touch of his garment took a risk. The woman, by the way, a lot of the women are usually the ones taking the risk if you can't notice. The woman who told Jesus that even the dogs eat the crumbs from their master's table took a risk. So friends, our faith can grow through taking rests. So next Sunday, or whenever, you walk through those doors, even later after worship, to get some great cookies and goodies, I hope you come expecting an encounter with the living God who wants to do something new. Now, new doesn't have to be big and extravagant. We're not getting any fog machines or light shows or anything like that. That's not, that's not our thing. That's not us. Something new can just be sitting next to somebody you don't know. Or maybe even someone you used to ignore because 
or maybe they're a little different from you or have different beliefs. A risk can be joining a future small group and actually seeking to broaden your spiritual horizon past just Sunday morning. A risk can be when you are with your friends and you hear them say something that at least rubs you, gets the spirit story and you say, I don't think that reflects the heart of God. And you tell them, I love you and I disagree with you. And I believe God is calling the church to a different direction. A risk can be when you hear your friend say, well, what about us? What about me, myself, and our needs in the church? A risk can be responding with, well, God has something bigger than just our individual needs. A risk can be seeking to include those who have been excluded. A risk can be telling the truth when we are confronted with lies. A risk can be repairing the breaches of our world that the prophet Isaiah spoke about and believing that the brokenness of our world is not just divine inevitability, but the brokenness is just something God is waiting for bold and faithful risk takers to take action on. Pentecost ain't normal. Frankly, Pentecost is pretty wild. It's a party. Where at the end of the night, we have no idea how we got to this place. With people we never expected to be with. And yet, that place is where we have found an acceptance and love that we could not find anyplace else. It's a place we would have never gone to on our own. But have found that the abundant love of Jesus has been waiting there for us all along. So let's get that motor running. Let's head out on the highway. Let's go looking for adventure. And let's go be wild. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.